Midlife Crisis Podcast will touch on sensitive topics regarding the human body, sexuality, pregnancy, and all aspects of women's healthcare and may not be suitable for all listeners. I'm Kate. And I'm PR. And this is the Midwife Crisis Podcast Microsode. Yay! The podcast where you learn it's not just you. And we listen to, we answer listener emails and we readdress previous episodes and our self care. We like to share our self care at the end of the episode. Y'all, we've been gone a long time. Very long. Uh, and in this time, many of you have graced us with awesome comments, with emails. You guys have stuck with us, and we are so, so thankful to you. And we want you to know that we're still here and queer and black. <laughs> um, and we're getting through your emails. We're going to start addressing them. And we have a really awesome season for you. Yes, we do. We're both excited about it. And so make sure that you tune in. Um, do you want to talk about what we did while we were gone? Yeah, I think we could do a kind of a brief tell everyone where we are. Okay. Tell us about you. So first, I had to leave when the pandemic started because I have some health issues. And so I got the boot. And you guys can listen to a little bit about that in our COVID episode. Yes. And then what happened? Then I was reassigned to another area that was supposed to be safer, but it turned out that people there were all dropping like flies from COVID. So I had to get out of there. And then I went back to my first love, taking care of women back in the hospital where where I belong. And, um, and then uh, there was another pandemic was brought to everyone's attention. And that was, it's been going on all along, but the murder of George, George Floyd kind of came up at the time that I went back. Mm -hmm. So I was dealing with that. And other than that, that's that pretty much that's in a nutshell because I think we're going to talk about some of that and a little deeper and other issues. Health wise, family wise, personal wise. So my health has been great. And um, my family is great and they're all staying safe and I'm vaccinated and my parents are vaccinated and my ex is vaccinated and my children are not. And um, they're all fine. Um, I haven't seen uh, one of the results of this pandemic is that I haven't seen my daughter for a year and a half in person. Mm -hmm. We FaceTime and we've Zoomed and all of that. And so I'm going to rectify that situation this weekend and I'm going to go see her and her brother, and um, we're going to have ourselves a grand old time, um, just cooking and playing games and watching movies and hanging out together, not going out in the street. We're just going to be together, and then I'm going to get back on the bird and come back home. So that's what's going on with me. Nothing so special. Enjoying my my home, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, Awesome. Um, so yeah, for me, similar, we've been working, um, the whole time. So I, you know, have been in person the whole time all throughout the pandemic. Um, I do have to say that I had sort of an enormous change, um, that occurred towards the end of the summer, uh, beginning of the fall, which was that, uh, my oldest son um, has some some pretty significant anxiety, and a lot of his anxieties um, had been about when I was gone um, from home. And and it, working full scope as a midwife, doing you know birth work is so so um, arduous. It's it's hard. Um, 
whole consuming work that is rewarding and amazing. Um, but it can be really hard, not only on the birth provider, but also on their families. And so it sort of came to a little bit of a tipping point where I just realized that doing obstetric care was really not serving my family um, anymore. And I had to kind of make a choice. And I think the pandemic put this choice into perspective, which was that my family needs to come first. Um, and so I was graced with the opportunity to accept a part-time, like mom hours, Monday through Friday, but not even every day kind of job, um, providing straight gynecologic care. Um, and I found a really amazing practice uh, with one of my friends, Dr. Roskowski, actually. Um, and Who has been a guest on our program. Yep, who, um, who is now my boss. And I get to do uh, gynecology in a scope to which I, I had never imagined before. So I am diving deep into all of this and it's super super amazing and I'm so so appreciative and I'm also really really appreciative of um of my other practice who I love dearly and who supported me with this transition um and I'm still gonna every once in a while catch a couple babies just a handful a little little dabble yeah that's what I do too because it was my practice too yeah um, so that's us. And also, haven't gotten COVID, knock on wood, got vaccinated. Yes. Yep. Um, my yes. family's not, but uh, my chosen family, a lot of them are. So that's so that's good. Um, and yeah, so we wanted to kind of talk today about some of the awesome emails we've gotten. And we did get a really lovely, um, long email from a listener, A, um, an American living in the UK. Um, they told us their story of helping their friends uh, with reproductive health and things when they were growing up, um, and then how that evolved as an adult into their um, supported and lovely midwife birth and their journey into nursing and maybe eventually becoming a midwife. And A wrote to us, I started nursing school. Um, sorry, I started nursing school, and next year I'll spend some time shadowing a midwife in an OB clinic. I love everything I'm learning, but I'm so afraid of switching careers when I have such a secure and reliable job already. School has really affected my marriage. Um, I'm only in my first year of nursing school, and everything's already falling apart. I would love any advice you have for aspiring midwives coming from a completely different career. In PR, I would like to learn a little bit more about your divorce um, and if your life as a midwife played a part in if you're comfortable sharing. Um, also, how did you handle splitting the time with your children after? So um, a couple of uh, questions here So uh, that actually I could briefly talk about. Advice for about switching a career because midwifery is, was, is my second career. And I did something else for 10 years before this in finance, worked in finance. Um, and if being a midwife played a part in my divorce, and I'd be happy to address that too in handling the children's stuff. So first, for switching the career, you know, I think I have, if you listen to all the episodes, I've talked about how I was called to do this and um, the events in my life that kind of led me to taking care of women and, and that kind of thing. And I was miserable in my other work. So I think that it's really important that the work that you do it doesn't feel so much like work. In the, it is hard work. It is arduous. But it just doesn't feel like drudgery if it's something that you want to be doing. Uh, so I don't regret ever switching careers, even though by now I would be making a lot, a lot more money if I stayed where I was. 
But I don't I don't yeah. think about that because that's not important to me. What's important is that the work that I do is it worthwhile? It is it am I is it sustaining me? Is it sustaining me, you know, spiritually? Is it sustaining me financially? And the answer to those, both of those are yes. And I live a comfortable life and that's fine. Everybody doesn't have to make, you know, a quarter million dollars a And we've year talked about this. If you're going into being a midwife for the money, it's not the right job for yeah, you. Yeah, that's not what you want to be doing. You should not bother. Um, so if being a midwife played a part in my divorce... Um, only in as much, so I think that it's really important that your partner buy into the whole midwife life. Mm-hmm. You have to be very clear on what that life is like. Some nights you don't come home and um, and you are working. Mm-hmm. You're not out carousing or whatever. And, um, and that means that that person's going to have to hold it down mm-hmm. at home. And if you have children, they're going to have to hold it down with the children and take care of them and provide what they need and that kind of thing. And I think it it played a part in my divorce in as much as um, at, our children grew up and then idle hands are the devil's workshop, I, they always told us in Catholic school. <laughs> and so if you are um, have free time and no one to spend it with and nothing to do, then you fill your free time with other things. And that drives a wedge in the relationship. I always tell people that my divorce uh, our marriage was successful, I feel. Um, we lifted one another up. We completed graduate school, both of us. We got ourselves into good careers. We raised a family, a beautiful family. And they are, you know, also um, successful in their own right and are educated and living their lives. And so I feel like that was a success. It It got to a point where it did kind of run its course. And I'm not convinced that people are meant to be with the same partner their entire lives. Now, maybe they are, and maybe it just wasn't the right person. I don't know. And I'm probably not going to find out because I've I've decided that marriage is not for me. Relationships, fine. Marriage, eh, not so much. I don't think it's that important. But, um, you know, we tell a lot about making sure that you have a provider that fits for you. And when you're in a relationship, you have to choose to be in it every day. And so if that choice is becoming difficult for you or difficult for the other person, um, why are you not looking for something that might fit better? Also, when you have that free time and when things are shifting in terms of your family, your children go on their way and that kind of thing, that leaves um, a keener eye for the flaws. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not willing to work on the flaws and kind of – kind of suss that out and, and discard it and work and, and build up the good stuff, then it doesn't it doesn't work out. Honestly, I initiated the divorce, not him. So it wasn't because he couldn't stand me being a midwife anymore. It was me needing to have a different kind of happier life. Mm-hmm. And so and and that yeah, that if you have more questions, feel free. But that's a, you know basically it in a nutshell. I feel it was successful. I love it when people say to me, "Congratulations." They don't say that anymore because it's been ten years now. But um, at first, some people would say sorry, and I would say, "Why are you sorry? I'm not sorry. Do I look sorry? I'm. <laughs> I. You just told me I look fabulous. So, 
Who's sorry? Again, this is a great lesson for any like healthcare providers out there or just people in everyday life. Don't assume how someone feels about something. So instead, ask, how are you feeling about that? They say, I'm divorced. You say, how are you feeling? How are you doing? And they might say, amazing. Things are great. Or they might be a disastrous mess and then you can provide your condolences, but allow that person to share. I was dating someone and we were shopping once and we ran into his cousin and he said to his cousin in the parking lot, he said, oh, that's my cousin. And I was like, oh, well, let's greet him. And so we go over and he asked, how was the cousin's wife? And he said, oh, man, we got divorced. And um, he said, oh, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, he knows that person. I don't know these people. But I said <laughs> to him, congratulations. And he elbowed me. <laughs> He said, what'd you say that for? After, you know, the guy walked away. While we were in the conversation, the guy said, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. And then he he said, what'd you say that for? And I was like, because clearly somebody didn't want to be married. So (laughs) I, I thought congratulations were in order. He said, thank you. So I think that that's kind of a funny story about that. Um, I didn't have ch- children stuff. My children are not children. They're adults. And they were adults when we got divorced. And we um, we were married for 28 years. So that's how, yeah, it was it was a long time. And, and so and we were together for four years before we got married. So we made a commitment, not in agreement. I just said, I'm going to be with them on holidays. And he said, I'm going to be with them on holidays. And so all of us are together on holidays. Yeah. Let me say that they are like cool friends that like bring each other dinner and like hang out and go on vacations together and like have really made it successful. Yeah. Because like I said, it, the marriage part ran its course, but we still have so much in common, similar education, similar, you know, political views, um, perspectives on current events, like the same culture and music and and Latin, you know, culture and background and stuff like that. So um, it, it's easy to be friends with someone like that. We are not, girl, you know, intimate partners. We are friends. It's mm-hmm. a true friendship. And so and it has worked out. But, you know, everybody doesn't have that kind of, I don't know, maturity or whatever. So we that's how we handle children's stuff. We we go visit the ones who live on opposite coasts. We take turns visiting them. They come back and visit all of us, and we kind of do things together. If I have a big party, he's a musician. He'll play. He'll bring musician people. They'll play the music. And it just we just make it work. Mm-hmm. It's fine. We make it work. Although we are both free to we date because we could. It's not we're not married. So you have to be pretty mature to be able to handle all that kind of stuff. You have to have grace. It, I mean, you that's... do. And be gracious. Mm-hmm. And when um, children are small, that's a whole different story. And I can't yeah. speak to it because I don't know. I don't know how that. I know it's hard. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, as I recently said, I recently made a big job transition um, going from something that I knew and loved and was stable um, to something unknown and uh, new and uncertain. And it was a really, really difficult decision for me. So I think I have some sort of like recent um, feedback that I can give you, which is basically I really had to look at it like what's my top priority. And in talking with so many of my mentors, including PR um, and others in my community, um, 
one piece of feedback that I got back was you're never going to get this time back with your children and you don't get a do-over. So if right now the need is your child saying, I need you, then maybe you need to answer that. And and putting my um, decision-making with that as the f- primary decision, with that as the, um, as the front line, uh, made things really, really clear for me. And then what I did was I honestly made a pro-cons list. And for me, dropping down to part-time, um, you know, obviously taking a little bit of a pay cut and having to change my life, not not doing OB as much. And I had to kind of like put what's good about this, what's not great about this. Um, and again, I'm really fortunate in that I was able to make that transition with a lot of support and also the ability to do some per diem birth work, um, which I'm looking forward to doing with the the community that supported me and raised me as a midwife, but also with fully embracing my new job, which I got time to reflect on myself and be like, what's missing mm-hmm. from my current um, w- from my current work? And for me, a big piece of that was really deep diving into each and every patient. Mm-hmm. You know, when you do comprehensive OBGYN, it's very fast paced. It's very go, 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 go. And you're doing a lot of quantity. And it's not to say that there's not a lot of quality there as well. Mm-hmm. But my new focus is micro focused on each patient, giving each patient everything they need as much as I can provide for them and giving them time and giving them space. And um, that's a blessing. It's, it's actually, it's incredible. And I, I'm so thankful for it. I'm so thankful to um, the practice I'm in for the doctors, the midwife and um, APRN that I joined um, are just lovely. And it's, it's been, it's been really lovely. So for me, that was um, a big risk that I had to take. And I'm not going to lie to you. The first week or two, I was like, what am I doing? Because you build a family <laughs> in your job. And especially for me, leaving something that I really loved, you know, was right. was a really tough decision. But I saw it as not shutting that door, as sort of, you know, leaving that door ajar a little bit and moving on, um, but keeping things fo- like kind and formal. Mm-hmm. Again, um, making sure you're giving a lot of notice, making sure that you're doing anything you can do to make the transition better as you leave. Don't burn bridges. Don't don't burn bridges because, you know, especially in the midwifery community, it's mm-hmm. a community and mm-hmm. and you don't you don't want to mess with that. So, I definitely feel like being uh, respectful and approaching it with love and kindness and appreciation is the way to go. And I've I've been really happy and guess what? My kiddo is so happy. That's so awesome. He's so happy. That just makes me want to weep. Oh, my God. Me too. And I just, when I think about the change in him, it's, uh, that's, so positive. that says everything. Volumes. It yeah. says, it does say everything. And I, I was one of the people who said to her, the kids will be this way once. You can always get back into full scope if that's what you choose to do. But you're doing good work where you are right now. And I felt like if I had any regrets about becoming a midwife, it was that I wanted a do-over with my children in some instances because I wasn't there when I wanted to be. But I I actually talked to them about that as adults. And they they said, you don't need a do-over. You did great. When I talked to my friends, you you did. You were impressive. And um, but I just you know, we all remember our own little flaws and Mm -hmm. faults. And so that was why I gave the advice that you can always get back. But I thought if I just took like one extra day so that I could 
be with them and do things for them and do them differently from how their dad did them, which he was fine. They mm-hmm. have their relationship with him. But I want it to be the one sometimes. Yeah. So, And I can also say, too, that just outside of my life, I'm sleeping more. And I've gotten to really focus on myself, which I, we're going to spend a little bit more time in self-care corner today because we think that right now in the way the world is, we really all need to. Um, but I've had tons of positive things. I was actually able to be there for one of my dearest friends um, with the passing of her father and fully involved, which I would have been on call yes. when, when he passed away. And instead, I was able to be there with her mm-hmm. and help her provide um you know, care for him and help do mm-hmm. all of his, um, you know, death care mm-hmm. because I I wasn't because I had I had put in my notice and it felt that sort of felt to me like a little sign. Mm-hmm. And I've had a bunch of little signs where I'm like, oh, this is where I was meant to be. This is your life. This yeah. is how your life is supposed to be. Yeah. So I am so thankful and no decision is easy. There were sleepless nights and and many times where I second guessed. But I think um Trust yourself and take your time and and don't burn bridges and just see how it goes. That's that would be my recommendation. So I think I hope hopefully a hopefully that answers your questions. If you were looking for something else, you're welcome to email us again Mm -hmm. and we will answer because we're back on track now. (laughs) We're not (laughs) drifting off like like uh, feathers in the wind. Um. I want to talk, we're going to conclude soon, but I want to talk about self-care corner. How have we loved ourselves in the past few months? And normally we say weeks, but at this point it has been it's months. months. It's you guys, months. it's February next month. I mean, I'm sorry, it's February it's now. March. It's March next month, which is when all of this madness a year. It will be a year, started. Yes. And it, we, it's weird because it feels like February, uh, March was like two months ago, right? So it's like bananas. I think it's it. time has passed in a more positive way because we are on the front line. And so we're, I was out of work for a couple of few weeks, but then went back to do something else and then came back to my original um, place of work. And so time is just going, going, going. I don't know what it's like for people who are at home and have been home for a whole year Mm -hmm. and trying to just make it work and think of new and innovative ways to entertain themselves and live in their space and homeschool and, do whatever else they're doing and not see their families and not yeah yeah it's their extended families I mean and their their friends and go out and do things uh, yeah that's yeah. that's tough and I don't do those things but I do get that break of seeing co-workers and colleagues and talking to them and um, using my day as entertainment basically yeah so um, do you want to share how you've been loving yourself how I've been loving myself I've been doing um because you know we stay home a lot and I have a really nice home but because I'm always running 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 it's like it had turned into a junk pile and I am doing I have been doing a Swedish death cleanse and basically that's people don't like to talk about it but I don't mind talking about it and you can look it up for details but it's sort of Um, purging your home so that when your loved ones, when you do expire and they come through, they're not going to have to sort through all that hoarding that you were doing Mm -hmm. and, and items that they don't want. I told my children I was doing it and they were thrilled. (laughs) They, they, one of them said, good, because we don't want your shit anyway. And the other one said, those heavy pieces of furniture that I dragged up the stairs, I'm going to throw them out the window and set a bonfire. (laughs) 
So that, and I don't think he'll do that. I said to him, "That don't do that. You're going to inherit that stuff." But um, and I don't know if he will or he won't. And if I'm if I'm dead, it won't matter anyways. He can do whatever he pleases with it. But they were thrilled that I was just not going. They weren't going to have to have the burden on top of mourning me. And I'm not planning to die anytime soon. But what it has done is freed me. I feel freer. I feel my house, my home is organized, more organized. I come home from work and I say, who lives here? This place is fire. This is nice. <laughs> and it's because I'm I'm just, uh, you know, purging tchotchkes and dust collectors and things that just don't, they're not good for me. Mm. And so I'm trying to, and if they're not serving like a purpose and mm-hmm. making my life it's just like it has to go. Some of the stuff I'm gifting, even that's like the Marie Kondo. Does this bring you happiness? Right. And then you not quite to her extent, <laughs> but oh, is that? Um, not quite to that extent, but um, sorry, I thought I saw something. Um, but anyways, that's what I've been doing for self care, and also I've cleaned while I was cleaning my home, I cleaned up my diet and my lifestyle. And so I lost 35 pounds in the process. And so that was also, and I feel so much better. And I just don't eat a lot of trash that we, that I entitled myself to eat because it was a pandemic, Uh, you know, drinking and alcohol and eating snacks and all that. And I just thought, who is this benefiting? This Mm -hmm. is not, don't do that. And so now I feel better. And she looks gorgeous. She's still all curves in all the right places. We love it. By the way, this is not assault. I, I have I have verbal clarification from her that I can say that she looks gorgeous, right? I can comment on your body. I don't, I don't remember consenting to that. No. No, she did. She did. Yes, you can. You can, you can comment on my body. And you look thin, too. You've been running, no? Yeah, so my self-care um, in the last year has been uh, hugely focused on also getting like healthy. And so um, I've been running. I became a runner. And also I got a cheap-ass bike. It is a Peloton. It is not. Um, but I do all like the Peloton workouts in my basement, which if anyone lives in a cold climate, it is cold AF up here. Um, I think actually mm-hmm. everywhere right now. It is. Um, but it's really great because in the times when it's not really safe for me to run because of ice and snow and just it's just so cold, um, I've been able to really do that exercise. So I also have had and sustained some weight loss. A huge piece of that for me has also been dealing with a lifetime of body dysmorphia. And I think we've talked about it. We talked about it a little bit during the weight um, episode, but I struggle very much in seeing myself uh, reflected uh, who I am on the outside. And it's always been something really, really hard for me. And so I'm just trying to live in my body and appreciate my body for all it does for me every single day. And so for me, it's about Amen. exercise and health, but like the scale, whatever, like, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I need to spend this time loving myself the way I am because before I know it, like my time is limited here. And I, I don't want to spend all this time thinking, God, I wish I had appreciated what right. I had and, and what my body could do. It's so much more than I'm more than a body, but also my body is so much more than just the way it looks. And so, well, the pandemic motivated me, too, because I thought I thankfully never got sick. 
But I thought to myself, if you get sick because you're exposed to positive people like every day, yeah. if you get sick and you have these other issues, these other maladies in your pocket, yeah. you are going to go down hard, sister. So get yourself in shape, not to get sick, but to try and ward it off. And if it does happen, I will be strong and will not fall and falter so hard Absolutely. from doing so. Also, I got a rower. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. Because I love kayaking. That's so. good because if we ever get in that, like, um, what's that movie with Sandra Bullock where everyone's blindfolded? If we ever get in that situation and you have to row <laughs> yes. us away in a boat, yes. I will be in that boat with I you. do it. Yes, I remember that. I don't, I don't remember. I I'm the worst. I don't remember. I only remember, like, themes. I don't Me ever too. remember anyone's Me name. Too. Like that Ariana Grande song is Seven Rings. Oh, that's right. That's so, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were trying to think of that on another episode, and we neither we couldn't think of it. And that movie, I love that movie. Is it Bird? Something with a bird? I know. I almost I said Birdcage, but that's not the no, movie no, Birdcage. Bird cage. Yeah, that that's is with the Robin. Queer Oh, my gosh. Um, So the last thing I just wanted to um, touch on is the enormous uptake in uh, mental health issues during this pandemic, uh, during this um, the COVID pandemic, the um, sort of rise of recognizing social injustice in this country and racial injustice in this country. And all of these things are so enormously heavy and huge. And I just want to be really real with everyone and say that I have had the most crippling anxiety I've ever had in my entire life life over the last year. Um, I've had Mm. panic attacks for the first time to the point where I didn't know what was happening. I kept being like, I must have COVID because my heart rate's 120. And, you know, my friends would be like, no, girl, you're freaking out. Like you're having a panic attack. And so recognizing that and working on that has been another huge piece that I've sort of been faced with and had to face. Um, And so that includes for me therapy and a lot of behavioral um, feedback sort of things, exercises to sort of break um, anxiety before it gets to a panic attack. I'm considering going on anxiety meds, which for me has been really hard because when I... um, Before I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism, I was having a lot of emotional sort of instability issues. And I'd seen a therapist and um, had started and tried a bunch of different medications. And they were like, well, maybe you have this. Maybe you have depression. Maybe you're bipolar. Maybe Mm -hmm. you're all these things. And it turned out it was my thyroid. And so once my thyroid got regulated, years down the road, I went to get insurance, Mm long-term disability insurance. And I was disqualified because they said, well, it says here you could have bipolar and you could have this and you could have that. So you don't qualify for it. And I was like, but no. It was it was my thyroid and I got it fixed and they were just like, sorry. And that upset me so much. The fact that I was trying to make myself well. And in that journey, I was told I didn't apply for, you know, I didn't deserve like long term insurance was was so deeply upsetting to me that I was really mistrustful of of mental health care for a long time, which is awful because here I would tout it to my patients and be like, go do it, go get a therapist and, you know, doing it for my kid and encouraging people to do it. And I was so fearful of it for myself. And finally, I was just like, fuck it. <laughs> OK. And I just put myself first. And it's scary um, and rewarding. And I just have to say an enormously huge shout out to like my whole like support system to my partner to my family to mm-hmm. my friends to I mean this sweet angel across from me who has had to listen to me sobbing on the phone because I was sure that I infected someone with COVID even though I didn't have COVID and all I mean just because 
of the enormity of it all. So, right, right, right. So my big goals and my self-care goals are really about health of the mind, body, and soul. And in keeping with that, I too am in therapy. And I'm and I think that's important for me to admit because I think that people of color don't like to acknowledge that they do if they do or say they don't need to or that you're crazy. And I have a little pet peeve with using that word crazy just so loosely mm-hmm. because it's it's unfair. It's yep. unfair and it's unjust and it's biased. And so, um, no, I'm not crazy as as is said, um, but I'm making my life my my emotional life healthier in addition to my physical um, existence. And so it's worked out really well. And it has allowed me to not, to be able to walk away from things that don't, they really don't matter Mm -hmm. to me. And, um, and in doing so, I feel extend my, my life um, emotionally and physically. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm proud of you, girl. I'm proud of you too. Amazing. My little baby. I know. We're so lucky, you guys. We're so lucky. And and we hope that you guys are taking time to give yourselves self-care, to love yourselves, to be there for yourselves. Because I say this every episode, but again, in the words of RuPaul, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Okay? RuPaul knows. <laughs> We'd like to thank Baobab Tree Studios, Kenny Blackwell, our friends, family, and all of you who make this podcast possible because we wouldn't be doing it if you guys weren't tuning in. Yep, and please be sure to subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Android, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen. Like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Midwife Crisis Podcast or email us at midwifecrisispodcast uh, at gmail.com. And know that if we haven't gotten back to you yet, we are planning on getting back to you. We have episodes in the work where we are going to address a lot of what you guys send us. Please also let us know if you want us to include your name and pronouns or if not. So we're choosing to sort of not right now. Because we don't have permissions. Because we don't have permissions, which is why we're saying they, because it's sort of the usually generalized term and also using initials but um but if you are cool with it you want us to share it we're happy to give you a shout out because we Include love you that in the message and we would love to shout you out Absolutely. As, a, as one of our supporters yep or even our constructive criticizers yes please bring it too. um until next time do your research talk with your provider and then if you can and you want it go get, get that, that vaccine. vaccine bye adios Nurturing. 